All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and let you ladies know. Well, actually, let's do the welcome. Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, ladies. I'm Tori. And I'm Wendy. Welcome to The Fruitful Vine, where we delight in motherhood and life one honest conversation at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fruitful Vine, where Tori and Wendy sit with you for about 45 minutes and we just chat about life and all the hoods. That is a beautiful term that Wendy coined. Um, we missed last Wednesday and it was because uh, one of the co-hosts, not going to name her, but it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, she got a little sick. Her whole household got sick, honestly. Right, Wendy? I know it was me and you can tell I, we, I am still not much better, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, yeah, something came for us. It ain't COVID, but it came for us. It's so like, it, I'm so happy to see your smile. Cause when the voice memo guys, she sent me a voice memo and I was like, is my friend like, <laughs> is she okay? Is she gonna make it? And then we hopped on here and she did some vocal resting and her smile so beautiful and you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. I went like, when I feel like garbage, if I look like garbage, like usually when I look like garbage, like on a normal everyday basis, I'm fine, you know? <laughs> But when I feel like garbage and I look like garbage, it doesn't work. So I, I, I took a bath. I washed my face, took my hair out, the braids and put a little bit of makeup on, did a vocal rest, you know, drank some tea, did all the things. Oh, I did um a vocal warm up curl. I felt so professional. I was like, me, 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 me. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. So if I heard you right, what you're saying is. If you feel bad, then you'll actually put effort in how you look. I do the whole thing. I go like I go for it. Got I go it. for it. Or if I like wake up super early in the morning and I have time to like take care of myself and like make me a priority, then I will like do all the things for the most part. But on a normal everyday basis, if I get a workout in, I did me. I did good for me. That's awesome. You know what? So I, my kids have been gone for a week and you know, when you have like, when your time only belongs to you, you figure out what's really important. I only worked out one day this week with all this what? time, with all this time, I only worked out once. And I'm shocked. I, I'm not, I just, <laughs> I'm not, I realize, like, I know this about myself working out just is not ever a priority. Like going on a walk, that's cute. But I'm never like, ooh, out of all the things I can do with my time, um, working out is is like maybe number 10. I'd rather read, wake up slow, watch. TV. So why do you do it when you have the kiddos? I don't know. And there is where the mystery. Well, does it give you more energy to like take care of them? No, you know what? I probably do it when I have the kids to escape. <laughs> Sorry, it hurts. I cannot be making Wendy laugh, you guys. Her throat legit hurts. I told her we shouldn't film because I was going to make her laugh and it was going to hurt. Oh my gosh. Wow. As an escape, then I'm doing it all wrong because I'm escaping early in the morning while they're sleeping. See, yeah, no, that's so no. You yeah. need to do it in the middle of the day. You got to turn on Veggie Tales and go work out. 
<laughs> but then I'd be tired. Like, I just want to go to sleep. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, well, life, man, parenting, it's just tiresome work, man. I've had like, all the energy this week. Like, and then, and now I'm looking at your week and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, a weekend is not enough because there was like a weekend where the hubs was like, okay, go away for a weekend. I came back. I was so tired. And I'm just like, am I just not being like grateful for the break that I got? Like, why am I still tired? And I'm just like, maybe it's because I need more time to like, like, I mean, I have them 24 seven. And so it's like, I'm like looking at you. I'm like, mm, I need somebody to take my kids for a whole week. So I could well, be brand new. Seriously. And so you know how I did my whole December? We rested all of December. That's, and that's true too. That's yeah. like, that's part of our family culture. Now we're going to do that every December. And now I'm going to let my mother-in-law take my kids every April because it has- Was been- that the first time? Yeah. So she's done it with all the other grandkids like since forever. And I've just always been- maybe a little overprotected and just like, no, you're not taking my kids. Um, but this year I was like, Gigi, take them, take them. <laughs> and so she came, she got them. She's having a blast with all her grandbabies. And I'm just forever, always, always going to do this. And it's going to be, I mean, the I think that's perfect. I'm going to try to do it quarterly. Like we should give ourselves good breaks quarterly. You know what? Sometimes you just need permission. Thank you, Tori. Thank you for that permission, girl. You are welcome. I'm the permission fairy. Seriously. Seriously. Yes. yes quarterly. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to do it. Wait, are we doing consumption lunch now or what you're thinking? However you want to do it. Let's do, I want to know what you consuming. What are you consuming? Now, Tori, what are we transitioning into right now, Tori? Consumption luncheon. Okay, ladies, so this segment, Consumption Munchin, Wendy and I will take turns sharing anything that we've been consuming, anything that's been life-changing, or any seeds that our minds have just kind of been marinating on. Uh, So it can be from a book, from a TV show, from a movie, from a conversation, from something that happened in life. Anything that we've kind of been munching on, we're going to share. It is time for Consumption Munchin. That's right. All right, ladies, I, I'm not going to lie. I've actually been consuming this for years, but I'm obsessed with it and you guys need to hear about it. So it is, we choose virtues and it is this like, uh, I haven't done this before. I feel like I've done this before. <laughs> Have I done this already? No, 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 okay, you good, haven't. Good. No. Good, good. I'm like, I'm like, why Tori giving me that look? Have I done this already? No, you know, I'm leaning in. Like that I'm like obsessed with. Like I tend to like just talk about it all the time and everywhere. But We Choose Virtues is the this like, um, I don't want to call it a curriculum because it's not. I don't want to call it um, a devotional because it's not. It's literally just a resource, just a like a supplement, an add-in, something that you can add into. You don't have to be homeschooling. You can just have kids. Um, and it 
talks about different virtues and it teaches kids different virtues. Sometimes we expect from our kids things that we haven't taught them. So we haven't taught them what perseverance is. We haven't taught them what courage is. We haven't taught them what these things are, but we expect it from them. And so what I love about this supplement, about this resource is it looks at each virtue. It looks at each of them individually. It gives you a little story about like the pick the child on the card. And then it gives you a challenge on the back and some teachable moments that you can look for throughout the week to reinforce that virtue. And it goes through so many virtues. We're talking about perseverance and honesty and obedience and faithfulness and forgiveness and all the things. And I just love adding it on to just our everyday it can be something I've done it once a week. We change a virtue. I've done it once a month. We're changing virtues. Um, I've done it where we're memorizing the scriptures that are on the cards and it teaches them these little sayings. So for example, we chant these sayings and we're like, I am honest. I am a truth teller and, or I am perseverant. I can do it even when it's, even when it's tough. Or I am, what's the other one? I am patient. I wait and wait and wait with a smile. And there are these different things that it teaches our children in a way that our children can understand it. So we choose virtues, check them out. I love them. I think it's an excellent resource. It comes with coloring pages. It comes with all the things. I'm obsessed. Oh, okay. How does Sean like it? Like, is it good for the older ones too? I don't whip out the coloring pages for him. But what I tend to do with my older children, because he, we've had this since he was my third age. So since he was three years old and he's going to be 10 in July. And so we've gone through all the different stages with him where it's like color. And now it's like he teaches it to them. So he's reading off of the card. He's chanting with them. I am perseverant and back and forth with them. And the other thing is it gives the opposite too. So like, for example, I am patient. I wait and wait and wait with a smile. I am not pushy or controlling and I don't get frustrated or bored when others are slow. So those types of things. So he'll be responsible for leading it. I allow him to lead it when it when around this age. I love that. Okay, ladies, we will link that because I'm all, I I love life skills. And that's what I'm hearing. I remember when I went to public school, uh, we had like a little life skills teacher who would go to every class every week and talk about the life skill of the week. And it was my favorite time. Oh, and that's it, so good. Yeah. It I was things like patience. School. Oh, it was Miss Reese. I remember because she was literally my favorite teacher, but I like that. And I actually just got a DK book about life skills that I'm looking to incorporate, um, incorporate it next year into our curriculum. We'll see how that goes, but I love life skills. I tend to do it with my little ones and then with my old, well, I guess I do do it with my old ones. Cause I was about to say, I don't, but with my little ones, I'm very like intentional at looking at what they're into. Like if I have um, my one-year-old, Oh my goodness. All of a sudden girl, she's pouring stuff out of everything. Just you give her a bottle to drink and she's just pouring, pouring, pouring. So I noticed that she's like really into that. So I now give her a bowl and a cup and I'm like, all right, go ahead and pour, pour. And I like teach that life skill or like my youngest, 
my, he's not my youngest. He's my youngest boy. Okay. My, (laughs) my baby boy, he's like into, um, into the utensils, taking out all the utensils. Doing okay, okay, boom, empty the dishwasher. So he's emptying the dishwasher and sorting the utensils. Oh, they you love know? that. Teo love if I when everyone's doing chores, if he gets to do the forks, knives, and spoons, yes. he feels so important. Oh my gosh, they love to help. They feel like they really warriors. do. But then they're also just our wild child, and we're like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> The temperament. No, man. All right. So what you thinking? What you thinking? What you been thinking about? It's been a minute since we talked. What you thinking? What am I thinking? What am I thinking about? Lately, I've been kind of dark. What am I thinking about? I love darkness. Like, why does <laughs> the excitement, the excitement, what did she say? Dark? Yes. Let's dun, dive in. <laughs> no, it's been kind of dark in my mind. Like I've just been thinking about like, what kind of legacy am I leaving behind? Like, oh, like just heavy. dark, just yeah. like, just like if I died today, would this be like every day I'm like thinking that it's not, it's, I don't know if it's what, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's good, but I've just been very like about everything. Like if this is the last time I spoke, I spoke with this person, did I leave them with the impact that I wanted? Like who wants to walk around their whole life like that? But I think that's, Yeah, 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 yeah. There's definitely a place for it. But I think that's so beautiful. I was actually talking to another lady this week. And for her like 50th birthday, she decided to have all her friends over and they talked about her funeral and death. Oh my God, me too. I'm like, what colors do I want? That's weird. No, no. Did I, wasn't, I'm pretty sure I said this on our last episode about the Queen of England and how. Yes, you did. Okay, okay. No, it it reminds you of the urgency of life and living. It also reminds you of the the gift and that, you know, no matter what, you're going to leave this earth kind of unfinished in a way. So I, I think that's beautiful. And I think that it's a, I think that we don't talk about or think about death enough. enough. We do not. And I think because of that, there's this fear there's this um, uncertainty, even within Christian um, communities or whatever, like we don't, we make death into such a bad thing that our, we scare our children. They're afraid of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, or they don't really understand it. It's just this like taboo thing to talk about. So, yeah. I com- So what you thinking about? Well, I kind of, it kind of goes with that, but I've been thinking about the one who defeated death, which is Jesus Christ. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about resurrection Mm. and it, and like reinvention and reframing and renewing Mm. and all the re's, right. I've just been thinking about like us Christians, we walk around, we, we talk about Jesus as if it's not a miracle as if he's as if he didn't raise from the dead like we yay easter and i see all this like easter stuff and people doing fun stuff with their kids but it's like but like 
It's Jesus. Like, do we really understand the power of resurrection to the point of applying it to our own lives and trusting and believing that we actually serve the God who did resurrect Jesus? And that same power is upon us and is within us and we can pray to it. And like, it's just so powerful. Like no other religion makes life of dead things. Mm. And I, and that's what the, I don't know. That's why I'm constantly amazed by Jesus. And I'm constantly checking my heart and seeing if like, yeah, Tori, you believe in Jesus, but like, do you really believe in Jesus? And does your life show that? And where, where does your life show that? And it's God, it's the living God. We serve a living God. And I'm sick of serving him like halfway sleeping, you know? And that, that is something that I've also been really, really diving deep into as well. I love that, Tori. I love that. Just like the constant, just like the constant um, evaluation of like your faith and the constant sanctification and the constant just refining. I love that. Um, Especially when it comes to Easter, because. Please hmm. say it. Please say it. You saw my hesitation. You saw my hesitation. So I'm like, this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And you know how I am about ruffling feathers. I know you don't like it. You don't like it. But I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm not. I honest. I have been re-evaluating the egg hunts and the Easter bunny and the the, all the things, guys. Someone was like, hey, what are you getting your kids for Easter? And I was like, nothing. I don't. Easter baskets. And what are we... Okay, guys, I am so sorry. If it is your thing, I don't want to, because I understand the importance of those things to certain people. And we understand that not everyone is convicted the same way. Exactly. Exactly. So I understand that. What bothers me or what I don't understand is y'all come up with the helicopters, right? That's dropping eggs <laughs> from the from the uh, out to the floor, so the kids can just run out and grab the eggs, and they got them in the Easter, and they're putting them in the baskets, and they're getting chocolate, and they're getting all the things. Who, who found the golden egg and all the things? And the guys, this is this is not what the resurrection is about. This is not it, and we're missing the point. And this is what the foundation of our religion. This is the foundation of what we believe. What are we doing? And um, how have we gotten so far and so worldly within our church? But anyways, that's deep. <laughs> it, I, I, I have been wrestling with that too. So this year, actually, which is so funny, when we first got married, Justin was anti every religion. He didn't want to celebrate Christmas, Easter. He was like, no, it's not about that. Like we are going to make, like, we're going to do it differently. Right. And I was like, no, but I grew up with Easter. I grew up with Christmas. I need it. And now finally this year, 10 years into our marriage, I'm like, no, I'm not doing any besides Christmas. I will celebrate Christmas traditionally because it just has Maybe one day I'll get convicted not to, but right now I'm still celebrating Christmas. But as far as Easter, St. Patrick's Day, all these little holidays, I am so, I'm just over it. And it, because it doesn't, I don't know what an egg has to do with Jesus Christ. And, and like, but, and like what you, it's very true. What does it like? At some point we got to stop drinking the milk, you know, at some point we got to start eating some meat guys and really take a hard look 
ask questions. Why? And I think that we're so scared to ask questions because we've been raised to be such good little Christians. And um, sometimes it really doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. I am, even after reading the book that I told you about two weeks ago, about um, even after reading that book, The Family Driven Faith, I'm just thinking, I'm reevaluating the church system within itself. And I'm just like, why do we segregate the children from the adults? Like, why do we do that? why don't we minister to, to the family and foster a family? And anyways, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And I would encourage you to ask questions. Like there's nothing wrong with asking questions. And read and seek for yourself in the Bible. In the read the Bible. Read the Bible. That's it right there. There was no Easter festival or Easter um celebration in the Bible there wasn't and what uh, was there and girl that even brings me more into like what there was and why we aren't why aren't we doing those things like like, why are we doing Passover like why aren't we doing these these types of things like Mm -hmm. Jesus celebrated these things why are we not Jesus celebrated all the Jewish holidays. All of them. I, um, there's actually a whole movement, but then there's a whole movement and I kind of got into it last year, but then I kind of backed out because you're talking about Messianic. I don't know. Messianic Christian. Maybe. Yeah. Do they call it? I have a friend who's Messianic. I love, I love the thought of it, but the more I got into it, the more just like to doctrine and stuff that got, but um, I, I do love the idea of it. And I think I'm going to revisit it because it is true. Like if Jesus celebrated those holidays, why don't we? And I guess it was the Christians church's way of having their own holidays. That's what it was. That's the history of Easter and Christmas is all these festivals happen yearly uh, with all these other religions and Christians wanted to say, hey, well, we have our religious holidays. Yeah, because right? they found it hard for them to... It was a lot of like, let's mix the pagan holidays with our holidays so that we can infuse Christ into them. And that's understandable. I can, I can see where they came from with that, but is it the right thing to do? Right. It was a good intention. I really do think it was a good intention, but I don't know if it serves us anymore. I don't, but you know. That's a whole nother conversation that for a whole a nother deep, day. That was a deep what you're thinking. I like it. And it all started off with Wendy's dark thoughts. And Tori getting so excited about it. <laughs> all right, ladies. So we are continuing our Fruits of the Spirit um, series. And today we wanted to talk about patience. Uh, so last week we talked about self-control. And I just feel like you can't talk about self-control without patience because they kind of go hand in hand. I have been specifically chewing on patience as far as being patient when it comes to being still mm. and, and understanding that seasons of stillness is di- is practice in self-control and patience because there's going to be things that you want to do and you, for example, I want a house right now. I want it right now. I want it right now. I want it right now. But then every time you try to do it, it's like a door shuts in your face, right? So like what does patience look like when we're 
on God's timeline. What does that, thank you. What does that look like? And that, and, and when we are obedient and patient, what comes from that and why being patient is important? Well, a lot of the times for me, when it comes to trying to get to the heart of what something is, I like to look at what the opposite of it is, right? Um, And so uh, one of the verses that um, they push when teaching about patience from the we choose virtues thing that I was telling you about earlier is um, Proverbs 14, 29, where it says, anyone who is patient has great understanding, but anyone who gets angry quickly shows how foolish he is. And so to me, when I hear that, I'm like, I would have never thought that the opposite of patience is anger. Oh my God. Okay. Keep talking. (laughs) I'm like the opposite of patience is anger. Like, well, wow. You know, I would have thought maybe it's a byproduct of not being patient, but I wouldn't think of it as the like, okay, well, if you, uh, if you're looking for a person who's not patient, you're looking at an angry person. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Okay. There was a verse that I saw, man, I think like a week ago, the opposite. Oh, here we go. It's Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Yes, 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 yes. And think about, so to me, when I'm not patient, I'm being impulsive. Mm-hmm. I am, I, it's that whole, like, I need to say what I need to say and it needs to get out right now. And this person needs to hear it right now, right? And there's this self-control and, uh, thing that you were talking about as well. Right, right. So then you bring in this self-control of, no, I can sit still my mouth can be still, my mm-hmm. heart can be still, my movement can be still because there is no urgency. And I think that with Christians, we forget that what God has in store for us is ours. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we would just sit and not feel the need to act and try to put everything in place and try to control everything and and have self-control and being still, I think that we would be able to hear and see God differently. And I think that's why patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, because you have to make, I think the Holy Spirit knows that in order to make room for God, you have to be patient. It's not on our human timeline, right? So we think of patient like, and we teach our kids like, be patient, you need to wait for mommy. But I think of it as like, no, 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 like every action you take should be a patient action. Yes. And I think that we also need to understand that patience is a heart issue. Patience, like you said, it's a Holy Spirit thing. It's not something in which you can force it. You know what I mean? It's something in which you have to pray about it. You have to meditate on it. You have to work it like a muscle and grow it. Because Come on now. because it is not something where it's like, okay, I'm going to be patient and now you're patient. Um, no. Okay. And it patience looks like, and I'm quoting from the thing again, because it's just so simple, simple to a child. Patient looks like I wait and wait and wait with a smile. That's the big thing. 
with a smile. That means my heart is happy to be patient. My heart is happy to not get my words out and get out what I want to say and how I want to say it when I want to say it. My heart is happy to understand that this is the season that I'm in and I am going to allow time and allow patience for this season to be what it is, to not rush through things, to not try to get to the next thing and just live in the moment, experience the moment, take the lessons from this moment before I move on to the next. And that is so opposite of the world, which is why it feels unnatural for us to be patient. Um, I was talking to my therapist about how every adult, every person, we feel this pressure from the culture, from other people, from our parents, from everyone to have it all figured out, to Mm -hmm. know, to to have everything in place. Like, so what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? We don't have to know, but our culture doesn't carve out that space to be patient and to let people wait, to let people figure it out, to let people sit in that. I so badly want to be able to give that gift to my kids of, hey, there is no rush. Mm -hmm. I don't want my kids to move unless they know that they know it's time to move. I don't want my kids to feel like they need to speak unless they know that they know that what they're about to say absolutely 100% needs to be said. Same with me. Like I'm working on it too. It's so unnatural for me to not say what I have to say when I have to say it, um, to not do what I want to do when I want to do it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, and it's very, very, very much a heart issue. It's very, very much a heart issue. It's a self, it's a selfishness. It's a, um, the lack of patience is like, um, it's like, a I gotta have it now. I gotta do me now, you know? Um, and it, it takes, it's, it ain't easy to be patient, man. It's not easy to be patient with your children. It's not easy to be patient with your husband. It's not easy to be patient with your, with yourself even like, cause how many of us want that snap back and we want it quick, you know what I mean? Like, and so we do all these things and go through all these things when all we have to do literally is just eat better and walk for 30 minutes and you'll be fine. You'll get there. You know what I mean? You don't need to like starve yourself. You don't need to do all these things, Um, but we want it quick and we want it now. And we want that satisfaction right now. And the other thing I was going to say was when you look at how God gives you stuff, like he'll give you a vision, man. He'll give you the whole thing. You'll see the whole thing, but he gives you one tool at a time to get to it so that there is an appreciation for the whole thing when you get there. It's not and there's and there's character, right? Yes. I can't everything that I have right now, I could not have had that in my earlier 20s because I did mm. not have the character to carry it. That's right. Patient so I, breeds character. Yeah. So let's sit here for a minute. So why is patience important? Because during the waiting, during the years of like, when is it going to come? When is it going to come? That is your time to become who the Holy Spirit is trying to make you become so that when the thing finally comes, you are a good steward of it. You understand Mm -hmm. the quality of it, the goodness of it, right? And you understand the inner workings of it. You understand like the best business people, for example, if you want to throw out business, the best business people are the people that have worked 
from nothing to something like the ones that have gone that they understand how everything works at each stage of it because they've been there you know what I mean they've done it like I I think you had posted recently that people were asking you hey how do you get on this YouTube thing how do you do it this that and the other you're just like literally I just was consistent I showed up you know, you were patient with yourself. You didn't just show up on YouTube and you were like, hey, I made it. I'm here. Like, no, it takes time. And that's a lie that the culture will tell you. The culture will be like, well, this person just got here. But like, no, no, no. Right. So I also think patience is a matter of conforming to the pattern of the world. And we mm. all know that the Bible calls us to not conform to the pattern of the world. So Mm. if things happen fast in the world or appear to happen fast in the world, we should automatically know, like you were saying, Wendy, in the first episode, if you don't have the fruits of the spirit, then the spirit's not in it and you need to remove yourself. Um, If it's something that's like, oh, quick, you can have this quick. I beware. Beware. That's your warning sign. Also, Psalms 4.4 says this. This is a really good one. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be Mm. silent. Mm. Like, hello, when you're it because anger is quickness, right? So when you're it's angry, true. you're most likely going to sin because you're going to be quick to do it because you're going to be impulsive. But Fire. this is saying like, yo, yo, do not sin. Do not like be like, do not be angry. Ponder in your own hearts. Take time. Really chew on things. Don't just vomit things up because that's what the world does, because that's what Instagram and YouTube and Twitter is all these opinions, people just vomiting. Take your time, be patient, ponder on things, take things to the throne. We live in such a fast society. Let's all just take a nap. And I agree. And I just feel like we go through this world so blindly. We go through this world as if we are children of this world. And we don't realize that everything that you do, you should go there to be a light there. So understand that this fast paced world of the, with this, this, I know I keep, I always go back to the social media. Social media is fast. It is not real. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's also not, it's also not live. Like people plan you guys. I yes. plan my Instagram posts. We plan our videos, right? Yes. It's not real life. It's not like what people are going through. And even, even me who shows up on social media unfiltered, it ain't my real life guys. Okay. I told them be quiet so I could talk, you know, <laughs> just got done telling the kids to be quiet. Cause mommy's going on Instagram. <laughs> like, exactly. It's not real life. It's not what's really happening. You know, somebody said, somebody post a comment under my YouTube channel. My gosh, your kids are so good (laughs) and they're so quiet and they're so calm. I'm like, have you met my kids? (laughs) Like it's one, one 15 minute video. Y'all don't, (laughs) them kids crazy. Like, no. And I think, (sighs) yes, you can be a light on social media. But social media can also steal your light. And so be very, very careful. We're learning about the fruits of the spirit. 
in order for us to be able to be able to identify them within ourselves and be able to identify them within everything that we're doing, whether it is, hey, I'm getting into business with this person or I am being friends with this person or my kids are hanging out with these kids, whatever the situation is, we're just putting a spotlight on the fruits of the spirit. One thing that I'm beginning to realize, guys, Social media ain't the fruits of spirit. <laughs> it's like that's where you, it's not, and this is coming from people who do social media like for for, for a living. Um, it's 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 not there. You're meant to be a light there. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if we're meant to go there to consume. Um, I think we're meant to go there to be a light, and because you're not, it's not there. The whole premise of Facebook, Instagram, all the things is not patience. It's not self-control. It's not these things. It's to give you what you want and to give it to you fast. So just be very mindful of that. Be very mindful and just have your social media glasses on. And you can also tell, like, if you're in if you're in tune with the spirit, you can tell even on social media, there's no filter that is going to make a non-spirit filled person seem spirit filled. Sure. And so just, just use your, use your, um, you know, your own Holy spirit radar and remember that social media isn't even half the picture. I don't know about you, Wendy, but ever since I started doing social media as a job, I consume less of it. Like me too. I don't really look at people's stories. I don't I really. Don't. And it's, and I'm just like, man, like I post what I post and I make, I try to make my mark. And then um, I back up. Cause I have to, you have to guard yourself against everything. So if there's someone who you're following on social media and every time you go to their page, you either feel a certain way about your own life or you feel a certain way about them, unfollow them, take back your power. You don't have to follow everyone. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to go through my Instagram and do an unfollow. This is a whole nother, nother thing, but I have also had to come to terms with not only unfollow. Yes, I say unfollow um, because you don't want to keep experiencing that whatever feeling that they're making you feel. But then also check yourself. Why did what that person posts or who that person is, why does it affect you? Is it jealousy? Because if it's jealousy, whether or not you follow that person, the seed of that is still in you. Why is that in you? Identify, is it anger? That person make you angry. Um, You don't like what that person's saying. Why don't you like what they're saying? What are they saying? Are they just talking nonsense or is do you need more facts all those things come into my mind when i unfollow somebody to dive deeper into it because you got to check your heart your heart matters and it's important but anyways back to patience because i just went on a whole another tangent tangent when it comes to the smile part is it patient if you don't do it with a happy heart what do you think If you are waiting, but you just ain't happy about waiting, are you patient? I'm going to say yes, because God knows your heart. So there's no fooling him anyways. Like I can be like, God, I don't want to be in this season. Like this is literally a conversation I have with God a couple months ago. I don't want to be here. If we can just like speed this up, that would be great. If you're not going to speed it up, then here I am. 
but I am not happy about being here. And I think that that honesty is valued. And I Mm -hmm. think that through that honesty, I was able to work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to get to a point of, okay, God, I'm here. Okay, I'm waiting, but I see how you're moving the pieces and I'm going to keep waiting. But it was definitely a process. I don't think you have to automatically wait with a smile. I think you can, I think sometimes you're wrestling with God and you're wrestling with what he's given you or what other people have given you. And I think that's okay. I think eventually if you cling to Jesus, eventually you'll get the smile and the knowledge and the understanding. Would you say, because you know what they say about obedience. They said obedience is is a heart issue. You have to be like, you like same thing. You have to like obey with a happy heart and all the things Mm -hmm. um, because it's not obedience if it's not with a happy heart. So I was always very curious about whether or not patience, if that same premise, if it's under that same premise, but all I know is that the verse says that anyone who is patient has great understanding. So I don't know if patient just breeds great understanding even just the act of practicing patience um, leads to patience not being something that is hard. It's just something that you do. Or if, you know, you kind of got to do it right in order to get the great understanding that comes with it. When, where does the Bible say obedience is a heart issue? Oh, like, what do you mean? In what sense? Like where, where did that, where did that thought come from that like you have to obey to um that like you have to obey happily so according to psalms 119.34 it says help me understand your law then i will follow it and obey it with all my heart so it seems in that um there's a lot of obedience things in the um the bible especially when it comes to children obey your parents Um, for this is right. Um, But it seems as if obedience is the heart when it says, obey it with all my heart. So I'm just challenging it because I was just reading Mark like 14, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he is um, troubled. He is distressed. And it's when he goes and he's like, like he's, it says, it said his heart was sorrowful to the point of death. Mm. Um, so like he was heavy about dying, about having to be crucified on the cross. Um, he was not happy about it, but he ended his prayer with nevertheless, thy will be done. And then that was that. But do you think that he was sorrowful about it because he knew because of the pain on the people or the pain of the action? I think both. I think both. I mean, imagine it. Both of them were having to hold both of those burdens would make me deeply depressed to the point of death. That's a I good, that's a good one. It. Yeah. So I don't, that, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. No, I love question that question. Yeah. And I'm actually going to dive deeper into it. I love me that. Me too. Because there's but, been times when I've obeyed God, but not happily, not happily. So let us know on the Instagram post in the comments, and I'll post the question again, but let us know, is, does obedience necessarily have to be with a happy heart? Is this something that we are just 
that we've just always been told or that we just always assume. But if Jesus himself experienced sorrow over his obedience, does obedience have to be with a happy heart? Let us know in the comments. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We pray that you remember to lean into the one true vine while you are busy being the fruitful vine. Until next time. Bye. bye. Why is that the first time that we actually did it at the same time? <laughs>